Welcome to Talk to Ma with Susan Henriquez. I am a crisis and trauma counselor, spiritual counselor, minister, and tarot and oracle card reader. I provide trauma and crisis counseling service to help individuals navigate difficult situations and cope with the effects of trauma. Additionally, I offer spiritual counseling, which may involve helping individuals explore and connect with their spirituality, offering guidance on spiritual practices, or providing support in navigating spiritual crisis. I offer tarot and oracle card readings as well, and this involves using these divination tools to provide insight and guidance on various aspects of your life, such as relationships, career, or personal growth. Overall, the services I offer focus on supporting individuals through difficult situations, both in terms of emotional and spiritual guidance, and to help you navigate your life with greater clarity and understanding. If this is an area that you are struggling with and would like my help, let's talk. I offer a 15-minute free vibe session to talk. Go ahead, make an appointment. Contact information are in the notes. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, hello, and welcome to Talk Tomorrow with Susan Henriquez, and I am Susan Henriquez. Hello, everyone. How y'all doing tonight? Well, it's tonight for us, but whatever time it is when you're listening, thank you so much for listening. Super excited today because I have these wonderful gentlemen in here today. Um, let me just tell the story of how I met uh, Mr. Brother Bear. <laughs> um, so I met this, I was at a Martin Luther King event at Yale Peabody Museum and um, saw this wonderful young man telling his story, it seemed like, in a way that I had not heard before in a long time. It just seemed so authentic, and it spoke to gun violence, which anybody that knows me knows that I am um, always struggling about this topic because, not because, um, you know, all the gun laws, and I don't see that that's really helping, all the bake sales are not helping, or the or whatever the adults are doing without asking you young people it's not working and they still think that they know better than you all and so this is a, such a perspective to me that i was like i have got to meet this man i gotta meet him before i leave and i was with my grandson who was being mad noisy and you know i couldn't expect him to sit through all that poetry because i definitely would have but so i was like you know what we leaving but i'm not leaving without talking to this man and giving him my card and hopefully he'll say yes to being on my show and that's what happened so we met and then we started talking on instagram and but before i go any further so that's why i just wanted to say this this is who he who he is a part of so who i have here is trifecta and it's a poetry collective compromise of three artists based out of connecticut 
the three artists include Julian Mean. Am I saying that right? Mean? Main. Julian Main, also known as Brother Bear. Darius Martin, also known as Oso. Say hey, Oso. Hey, Brother Bear. Hey. And Philip C. Alexander. Hey, Phil. Me and Phil met before. He reminded me. So, you know, who would know that you would be in my house? <laughs> right. Absolutely. I don't believe anything is a coincidence. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, Brother Bear is a Hartford native and founding member of the poetry collective, The Transcribers. What brought him to poetry is the desire to be heard and the motivation to progress. Also is a also is a Hamden Hamden native. So he's our neighbor. He's nearby. He is also a founding member of the poetry collective known as the Transcribers. Inspired by other artists of his time, he wants to be a part of the next generation of poets to contribute to the poetry culture. Philip C. Alexander hails from Bridgeport. Connecticut and has conducted speaking engagements as well as performed poetry at colleges, high school, and middle schools across the tri-state. The trifecta came together in 2022 and has been able to captivate, what captivate, sorry, <laughs> sold out crowds at venues such as Parkville Sound Studios in Hartford, Connecticut, Post University in Waterbury, Connecticut, and the Bijou Theater in Bridgeport, and as I said, at the Yale Peabody Museum in New Haven. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Woo! <laughs> so, we, you know, before we go any further, because it's not, you know, I can't say it enough. I want to give a big shout out to two people. One of them is Master Blue Sama, who has helped me with my sound, and it sounds so much better. So if you need help, with any of your equipment, um, if you're a podcaster and you're struggling with your mics, reach out to Master Blue Sama, and he is on IG as uh, Master Blue Sama. Also want to thank, again, One Love LLC. Thank you for the delicious food. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo! Thank you, thank you, Chef Brad, for coming through because I kind of called him at the last minute. So I really am thankful, and it was delicious. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyway. So, um, tell me a little bit about yourself, Brother Bear. What do you, what got you, first tell me you live in, where you say? You're in Hartford, right, you're in Hartford. And how old are you? 22. You're 22? Oh, my daughter's distracting me back there. And um, how'd you get into poetry? Uh, so, when I first started college, like in 2018, I was in an early start program uh, called EOP, and the end of the program, they wanted us to do a, a talent show, and everybody in the program had to participate. I was like, I don't really want to do this. But <laughs> one of my mentors, he was like, uh, he had seen my writing over the course of the, the summer, and was like, hey, you should try this out. Um, so, you know, I wrote my first poem, performed it there, and I said, you did pretty good, and I was going with it, so I, I did, uh, and that was it. But how did it make you feel, though? I mean, because you say you didn't want to do it at first, but how did it make you feel after? Because it obviously had an impact. I just wasn't a, a person who like wanted the spotlight on me at the time. Um, and growing up, I never was really heard like that. Or I saw, mm. feel like I was never really heard. Like people didn't really listen to what I had to say. And mm. feeling that was something different uh, when I first wrote. My first poem, and 
seen a crowd just, I can take in what you're saying and really believe in what you mean and what you want to do. And also, how did you get into it? Um, so for me, it was one of those things where I was writing poetry like my junior, senior year of high school, but I never like performed at all. Um, and I remember it was during the pandemic when we all, you know, locked in our houses, couldn't go anywhere. Um, but I was going through those poems and I was looking and I was seeing, you know, you know, that's pretty good stuff here, you know. And, <laughs> and I I wrote another poem uh, after that point, and it was kind of like my first spoken word poem that. For me, it was very, you know, it was very important for me to write it because it describes everything that I was feeling or rather what I was going through at the time. Mm. Um, and, you know, the thing about it is like poetry for me, that has always been a form of, of self-care because, you know, trying to mm. articulate the thoughts or the things that you go through on a daily basis is not necessarily the easiest because people really don't hear you as much as you think they do. And, and I think it's it's something where it's not intentional, but at the same time, it still occurs. And more than anything, it's it's important for you as a poet to be able to go on a stage and really take in the fact that you're really being allowed to say what you need to say, mm. and they can't say anything back to you. They have to take that in. And depending on what they take away from it, Love it's either it. going to be impactful or it's going to be something that they're going to disregard and be like, I don't, I don't even know what I just heard, or I didn't even guess what I just heard. Um, mm. So that's that's basically why I got into it. How I got into it. Phil. Yeah. So. Um, so do you like me call you Phil or Philip? No, Phil is fine. Phil. Yeah, okay. Fine. <laughs> so yeah, believe it or not, I've actually been writing poetry since like fourth grade or so. Wow. But I never it was never something I went public with. Like I did a talent show maybe like seventh grade. Don't remember at all what that piece was. <laughs> I barely like, even remember I did it. I remember it a couple of days ago. I was like, wow, maybe I've been doing this for a little while. But as far as like really doing poetry, I did I did an open mic in college, maybe like five, six years ago. I remember it was a terrible experience. I got on stage. Like I was just my fingers were sweating. I was reading off my phone. I was stumbling over my words. And I was like, yeah, I'm never sharing this again. <laughs> like, right after the pandemic and everything, I ended up telling my cousin. You know, I don't know anybody else that does poetry, but this is something I'm really passionate about. This is what I do. And um, he put me in a room with maybe like three or four other individuals, and we actually started a poetry show we had in Bridgeport going for a while called Gang Poetry. Oh, wow. And it was something we had going. Our first show had 25 people, and that was like a big number for us. And we had our biggest crowd maybe like last December, two Decembers ago, and that was maybe like 200 people. So. It was a good collective while we had it going, so that was kind of like my first start at poetry, doing poetry publicly for people. But um, it came full circle, and now we have the trifecta and we're going all over the tri-state doing poetry. So I'm very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Tell me, Phil. Again, I want to ask you too because um, how how does poetry make you feel? Yeah, so poetry has always been like since the beginning, since I first started writing. The reason I even started writing it is because I always felt very therapeutic. Like the first poetry I remember writing was just about stuff I was going through in my life, whether it was about just like issues and situations I was having at home or things that were frustrating me. Poetry was just something I always used to channel things I didn't want to convey to other individuals. And to this day, I still use it for the same reason, like for the same purpose. Although now it has grown a lot more now and there's an audience I actually have to listen to it, it still serves the same purpose for me. I noticed that a lot of your poetry, though, is what I guess I'll call um, 
you know, like social justice or social awareness and things like that. So why is that important to you all? Why is it important to talk about gun violence and, you know, things that happen in the street? I feel like it's important because of the fact that it's shoved in our face a lot of the time. Mm. And it's kind of one of those things where you understand at a certain point, like, you see these issues being put on Twitter, Instagram, like all forms of What What media. issues? Be more so, specific. Uh, more specific to, like, police brutality. Um, gun violence with the school shootings, like they're, they're currently in the news. Like we just recently had one. I want to say a couple days ago. Yeah, and yeah. It, that's it's it's all happening in real time, and it's one of those things that yes, seeing it is not enough. You have to continue the conversation because the thing that people oftentimes do is that when they find that there is a cause that they are invested in for a certain amount of time, um, they they get compassion fatigue. They they kind of start to you know lose a little bit of like mm. the actual like intent of what they're doing and more than anything i feel like as like for us poets are able to go out there and teach a lesson or leave a message mm. from whatever we're saying and mm. that can that can certainly relate to like the real world around us because we live in it and we see it mm. just that like add to that um wow yeah we do we teach like we, we teach lessons and you know we talk on these things i feel like it's also a bit of a misconception, a bit of a misconception that you know poets are just social justice, this social justice, that. Um, I write a lot of the stuff I write because the stuff I've been through, the stuff I've seen, it, it relates to me. So when I talk about police brutality and or when I talk about gun violence, it's because it's things that I've actually seen and things that I want to talk about that happened in my life. When I see a man get a black man get shot, I'm like, oh, that could happen to me. Mm. So. And you know we, we internalize that feeling and we let it out through through our poetry. So that's why it's important to talk about the stuff for me because it helps me. It's, it it helps me in a therapeutic way to to get those thoughts out and you know to really reflect on what I've been through and what I've seen and like how to move forward with that. Do you feel that um like do you feel any responsibility to have to do this as? Like how we were talking about earlier, like it's just be just the fact that you're humans and we're humans, and like, is there some with a gift? Do you feel there is a responsibility? Oh, definitely. Um, as poet people do look to us for that. You know, you go back to Langston Hughes, the uh, the street prophets, and and, and we're not not getting right. Street prophets, street prophets. Yeah, street prophets. Um, and you know, people like that, and in this culture uh, who made a name for themselves uh, speaking on things like this and people expect it from you. People expect it from artists to speak on things that are important to them. So when mm. you're looking at like Kendrick Lamar who just made an album where he was just like, I'm, I'm choosing myself because he made Typical Butterfly and everybody was like, oh, he's the, he's the one. And how much of a, a responsibility that puts on you, how much of a weight that puts on you, how much pressure that puts on you to be a savior when we are just humans in itself but mm. it's definitely a responsibility not just internal and an internal responsibility but one from the masses mm. what i would call the collective right, right? Yeah. like we're all connected and we're all connected that is i totally believe that i believe that we are all connected we're connected to god we're connected to the earth we're, to, we're we are not one 
So I like that you said that. How does it feel though? Like, cause you guys are different, <laughs> right? So how does that work with your, um, peers? Like if being in poetry and like some of them are going out to the club and all this stuff and y'all like, now nah, we got poetry. I'm sure you might go to the club still, but I mean, like, how does that, how is that? How do you stay true to yourself? when there's so much noise going on around you and you know i know for me i know i'm different i don't feel like people see things the way i see it sometimes um i'm definitely in the social justice i say things nobody wants to say like you know we want to go back to to gun violence you know like these fucking chicken dinners people are making are not stopping gun violence even the laws are not stopping gun violence you know, it's a, it's much deeper and insidious than it's for me. It's like a lack, like people don't value humanity or life to just think it's okay to just shoot somebody because they bumped you. Come on, that's crazy. You know, so but um, we're not gonna talk about that. But I mean, <clears throat> so what I mean by that is like I and I say shit like that, and I say it to the people that are making the chicken dinners, <laughs> so they don't like it. You know, and and I'm also like very, um, um I feel like se sexuality is is spiritual, and it, it's so I express that too. So there's a lot of different ways that I'm different. So and I, so I'm asking you guys like, how do you fit in? Because some is it lonely sometimes? Is it what Phil? Personally, I see you looking like ask me, <laughs> ask me. I'm moment and what are you going to you know essentially release within those emotions 
So mm-hmm. I think it's even more in, imperative to kind of stay true to yourself in that regard, and even just seeing how other you know artists operate. They got their own. They got their own work. That's fine. It's it's, it's good because like you don't want to be doing the same thing as everybody else. Right. You want to be authentic, mm-hmm. and and I agree with um what you were saying, Phil, because. There are times where, for me, I use social media a lot. So there are times when I put things on social media that I think are important and people don't respond the way I think they should. And I'm like, why don't they get me? <laughs> like they don't. But then I'll put something and they'll get like all these likes and I'm like, why y'all like this? <laughs> like, what, what about this is... Exactly. You know, but I try not to. You know what? I don't look at how many people are following me. Very rarely I look at that thing. Like, um, I don't let that. If I do, if I did that, like, worry about how many people follow me and how many people are getting me and how many people are listening, I would really drive myself crazy. And I and just like you guys are saying, then the if you start trying to be like other people, you lose yourself. So what about you, Bear? What, what, um, how do you feel when you, well, you did say you felt like you're heard, you said, and that, um, it was the first time you felt like people were actually listening to you. Is that something that you struggled with though, at home and stuff like that? Like, why did you say that? Growing up, um, I didn't, you know, like, my father didn't really have Having a single mother, uh, and then you know you get get your siblings and whatnot. Um, you're not always the center of attention. And, you know, I feel like uh, I grew up as a single, like a, as an only child, and then when I turned nine, I had a brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get all this attention at, at a certain point taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that had a, a bit of a, a, something to do with it, but also like I was never a popular kid in school. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wasn't necessarily looked at the way I wanted to be. Um, so when you, when you put me on the stage and I get to say everything I want to say, mm. and people are like, oh, he's actually kind of like cool. They're like, oh, mm. okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm getting that attention that I wanted to. Um, but at the same time, I understand where they come from. Um, it can be lonely. Mm. Uh, and you may not always get the. My, my, my most popular poem has nothing to do with anything I like, really, really care about. It's like, why do you like this shit? <laughs> I, I did it in my sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is yeah. the one I love. <laughs> so you put all this work into something and you're like, okay, y'all didn't really like that one, but the one that I did not give a fuck about, y'all were like, oh, oh that's the greatest ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like make sure you do that one, bro. Make sure you do that one. <laughs> well, you all said that you were gonna um do a poem for us, right? So who wants to go first? We're gonna get to hear some of their poetry, y'all. Come on, I had to call y'all out. Like all right, so if you go there also next in Phil. You just keep it like that. So right now, Brother Bear is gonna perform. What are you gonna do? Well, you, you start talking about the video, let's get to that. Uh, this one is called Sitting in a Tree. It's one of the first poems I've ever... What is it called? Sitting in a Tree. Sitting in a Tree. Okay. You know, um, you know, like, 
What's up? It's the, the old nursery I was doing at uh, elementary school. Uh, you know, you got a little girl like Jake and Jake and Sally sitting in the tree. So I flipped that. Um, and, well, you know, let's see. A <laughs> hundred rounds, hundred bullets, loading the gun. Who is gonna be the next one to get shot? Come on, we just wanna have fun. A hundred rounds, hundred bullets, loading the gun. A hundred rounds, hundred bullets, loading the gun. Who is gonna be the next one to get shot? Come on, we just wanna have fun. A hundred rounds, hundred bullets, loading the gun. Number one, I was 15 when I met you. 16 when you died, it was manslaughter. But at first time I saw so many people wanted to slide. Joe friends was supposed to ride, but turns out your friend pulled the trigger. And now he's locked inside. 20 years he'll be in. And I don't know what to say. Playing with guns the reason. That day he sealed his fate, but you could have made it out that building. You had an escape. You were supposed to do something special if you took the time to set your place. Basketball could have been your thing. Or hell, man, just go to school. But you was born in the hood where a gun is just a tool. Not a weapon of mass destruction. Another thing used to rule. So I'm sorry, Keon, that you got played to be a fool. Number two. Was a gunman, he wasn't the one who died, he was hanging out the window, Glock right on standby, I was headed to the park. My sister by my side, car came speeding around the corner, and there goes the guy. My mom had warned me about my city, but I got a lot of pride, it turns out that day, man. I be kissing that goodbye and never claimed to be a gangster. I just know that I felt safe until this guy came speeding by. Gun right in my face. These reckless little kids ain't got no one to manage. Pick up guns trying to have fun. They end up causing damage. You heard about number one. Man, his family wishing for a bandage that could heal their baby, but he got carried out in a carriage. I seen children get caught in this crossfire. Them shots they was dishing. They didn't get to tease about sitting in the street and kissing. No time for innocence. That's why this pistol play is different. Guess in my life I was wishing that the hood was never subject to racist intuition to push drugs and weaponry into our neighborhood systems. Then they blame us for why they got to go fishing. There's bodies in the river. And I just wish I could change the rhythm, but there's a hundred rounds in my gun. So I don't become another victim. Mm. Woo! Appreciate that. <laughs> Oh man, I gotta follow up after that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you can do it. Oh, so stop playing. No, nah, no, nah, I got you. So I, I would do a light note one, you know, more, more fun, lighthearted. Okay. I'm gonna just ask you this question. Y'all like trees? Love what trees. kind? What kind? Uh, what kind? Uh, don't, don't worry about the kind. No, I like trees. What kind? <laughs> so I guess you can say I've loved trees from an early age. While sitting on my porch, I would inhale the smell of leafy foliage with a paper for my thoughts and a pen to roll them with. Back when I used to pick up the pieces of everyone's mess, I used the trees as a relief from the internalized stress. A gift from Mother Nature easing the heaviness of my breath. A place for me to rest my mind was a cluttered mess. Oh, it was the best. But as I got older, I started to smell the flowers. The aroma of maple leaves now mixed with something sour. The euphoria of feeling free leaving me stuck for hours in believing the trees to be my source of creative power. See, the impact will be slow, but it began from within. But soon my love for trees was shared by all of my friends. I started shedding my sense of innocence on having to pretend and entertaining the thought of never writing again. And so I did. I put the pen down and I picked up another one. I hear my mom's in the head asking me, what are you doing, son? Back when the breeze from oak trees used to inhabit my lungs, now inhales of stronger winds from the other end of a blunt. And it was fun. But my freshman year would be a prologue of what had yet to come. Getting high and watching marathons till being greeted by the sun. And just when I told myself, aye, right, man, I'm done, I'm seduced by the following words, you're... 
I wrote another one. <laughs> oh another my one. god. Until I couldn't control myself. As the demons I would develop begin to bully my mental health, I retreated into the darkness, crawling back into my shell. As I trudged lightly on the path to my own personal hell, I asked myself, well, was it worth it? Did taking leaves from those trees help build your sense of purpose? And all it ever did was make us a different person. Someone we couldn't recognize. Donning the mask like Michael, my ears deaf to the screams of anguish kept inside. And no wonder it took so long for me to realize that inhaling those trees was the only time I felt alive. Back was wrapped in papers became my newest chaser. For failing on my classes and my father losing his patience. Lamenting about my struggles and the time that I was wasting and wishing I could go back to when the difficulty was basic. See, I was constantly feeling stressed. Didn't know whether it was the trees or the pursuit of my degree causing the pain in my chest because my life was really on my ass. And what came with questioning if it was worth going to class was the fear of failure chasing me through those woods like Jason. Those trees no longer protected me from the problems I've been facing. And what came from the pressure on my head making me want to shout came a soft whisper from those trees telling me to chill, chill, chill. Maybe I should. But the temptation is so strong, making me wish that I could. I started talking to a therapist, and it helped do me some good. But don't get it twisted. I'm still smoking my woods. <laughs> so as I sit on my porch, surrounded by the green, I inhale the strong winds that are produced by the trees. All right. Oh, my goodness. As I put my blunt, um, turn my blunt off, y'all. <laughs> What? <laughs> also, wow. wow. Also, how do you remember that? Listen, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. It definitely is a lot to remember. Um, memorization is not a recommended thing, uh, <laughs> but it's also something where, for me, the reason why I feel like it's important is because this is a part of me, and this is a, a experience that I've, you know, experienced in great detail, and I think. More than anything, you can't forget something like that when you're also writing a poem like that because everything you're putting into that poem is verbatim what you went through in like that experience. Mm -hmm. And no one ever knew. No one has a clue of what's going on. They don't have an idea. And to have that to where it's like you're able to just put that out there and feel good about it, that's like... That was amazing, though. No, that was amazing, huh, Selena? I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I know Selena so was like at the edge of the thing. Yeah, I mean, with, with yours, I was like, but you know, yours, like, for me, it's like, you know, I have lost a lot of friends, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So for me, I'm just like, oh, God, yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I already know. And then yours, I'm like, <laughs> she has in my hope, y'all. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, Phil, you better not knock me over this damn floor. Phil, <laughs> you're next. Yeah, alright, so y'all. My, my son, my son the better stage not is already me. lit. I gotta. Yeah, the stage is already yeah. lit. Um, I'm gonna do a piece oh, that's a little Wait, bit don't do nothing. Do, 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 I know, but do your thing. Don't wait for me. Just, just don't just do anything. I'm gonna give a prologue to it. Um, so yeah, this piece is gonna be a little bit more vulnerable. Um, it's just like a trilogy about a love that I used to have back in the day. And <laughs> I've only ever performed this piece um, once, 
Oh my gosh, so yeah, I feel special. Yeah, it wasn't even a big crowd, so that's... I'm going to bring it out of you, yeah. boo. I'm going to bring it out. Right now. So this is called, um, I'm all ready for it. It's called No Hard Feelings. Mm -hmm. so, I already like that. Oh, wait, let's get the mic closer. Yeah, move up, sir. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Quick three parts. Prologue, did you do it? Okay, so quick prologue, yeah. Quick prologue. You embarrass me. We can start at the beginning, but the entrance to the circumstances of which our infatuation came about was complicated. Struggling with being young and dumb. Not understanding the concept of monogamy, thinking that everything could be solved with broken promises and apologies. It's interesting the way I can make you feel through a piece of technology. You tried to be everything you felt I needed, all the things that I expressed. You studied me like a playbook before game day. Every moment spent together was your Super Bowl. I made you whole, but at some point our flaws and mistakes overpowered our fate. You're a young woman with morality based upon principality for wishing to come, who would know that we end up with tragedy. It gets cold in the winter. In similar communities, lions have been known to snuggle together for warmth. Could you be my lioness? Traveling with me at the speed of light, ready to encounter every endeavor, not knowing where we're going, but the destination unimportant as long as we have each other, or could this be fool's gold? I wish they had diamond testers for relationships or refunds for the time you spent thinking of how their day just went. I could never understand. Maybe I never wanted to see, but somehow with all my imperfections, she still loved me for me. A ear and a voice can hear. Sometimes it's not really about how somebody responds. It's just the fact that they're listening to you. You want to know what I have to say? You don't just want to scratch the surface and talk about my day. Although when I talk about my day, I go into great detail and your eyes light up. And the spirit within that light intensifies my heart, causing me to question things, which ultimately leads to me overthinking. Through that overthinking, I then give you pieces of me ever wearing my facade. Feeling like I'm about to slip, I must tighten my grip wall. I accidentally fell into some other pens. My three favorite <laughs> words to hear would get the towel. Convincing myself that dishonesty could be made up with some bomb ass D, I then let on a double life. They say the freaks come out at night. They say the freaks come out at night. Granting you access into my personal realm. Confessing to you things that only few individuals are aware of. I'm scared of. Giving you pieces of my self-doubt that you can't wait to use against me. You can't wait to leak out. I'm not about the whole relationship spectrum. If I feel like I can't trust you, then what do we have? If your feelings are deeper, you can't make me love you. Everybody has a different love language, and mine is the chase. The minute you thought you had me, you lost me, a costly mistake that ended up costing you your heart. Your heart subsided to the humiliation and misfortune I inflicted upon you. Your insecurities were unmasked, and still I chose to treat your soul like a game console. Your coming of age, innocence, infiltration. Me knowing you, you knowing me, who thought it beat me? The guy who would give you a virginity. We're both there left in silence. I get kind of tense when you say we need to talk. Usually you'll hit me up at 3 a.m. like you up right now. You want to go for a walk? I know you by now when your voice is giving me signs of disbelief. Like this person you built in your head isn't actually the person who you believe. But I never took the blame for any of that. I just said, hey, 
hey, y'all should leave. So that's what I did. But when I said I didn't want a relationship, I forgot to add the with you. But not doing it with you was karma for the way I was the whole time I was with you. I seeped clearance into your garden of Eden, believing that you can be the Adam to my even. If I can get you to taste the forbidden fruit, maybe we can just leave. I never thought my first meal would turn me to a heathen. So deceiving, it's crazy that around this time you were my nine to five, but unfortunately I was only a weekend. My mind's racing. So many thoughts flooding, it's muddying my brain. Back and forth pacing, like ping pong, ding dong, Honey, I'm home. The door gets answered in a dashing fashion. Flowers behind my back, anxious to see your reaction. I walk inside, fatal attraction. Hours of conversation, channeling all your passions. But wait, let's get mellow. You say you don't smoke rellos. You want to take another hit? You said splits of your vice on special occasions you'll sip. Oh, shit. It's time for the cookout. I'm gonna grill up those franks just the way you like them. And not to be frank, but you rather them almost burnt. You don't really like them pank. And then I sank my foot long in your bun as you tell me thanks. And when we done, I promise you gonna be asking me for a drink. You can attempt to be someone's peace. But oftentimes, unless they're at peace, they'll put themselves in a turtle shell. Popping their head out when they need release. Selfish, but protective. Camouflage, stable enough to handle the known and the unknown. Scars on the shell are not signs of distress. They're just healing wounds to show that you have grown. But truly, I didn't want to mend your scars. I wanted to get inside your shell and feed your mental. Be gentle. Show you that you're more than a test drive. And I damn sure don't want you as no rental. I feel like the guy off of Everest. Why are you making it complicated? It's simple. I understand that you're single. I'm not asking for a ring. All I ask in times of trouble, you just give me a ring. But then you said no. We took a blow. I guess we reached our plateau, although during my descent I felt moments of humiliation. My insecurities were exposed, pride put to the side. You were not my first, but our relations were memorable like the North Star in the sky. Sometimes I'll go out and try and find that same star with hopes that maybe you're looking too, because you're like that same star. You're shining people's lives every day, and what you did for me was just a preview. Everybody's going nuts. <laughs> like Nigga, I told you not to let me move past <laughs> off on a damn floor. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> first of all, first of all, the three triplets came up in here. You know, like regular, regular. No, as soon as they opened their fucking mouths, I was like jaw dropped three times and no problem. Yeah. I had nothing else to say. Yeah. I had nothing else to say. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. I that's that Ghost Rider shit <laughs> for Jake Cole and all these other niggas. That's that. That's that Ghost Rider shit. And you no, know what's so funny that I can tell funny. that y'all really, really close because you oh know God. why they saying what they saying, right? <laughs> like y'all know the backstory. Oh, my grandson. You know he's at every show too. Stop, boy. Come in if you want to come in, Papa. Come in. Nobody said you couldn't come in. I said it, but whatever. No, let me come in. Anyway, everybody's. I could tell. I could tell that you guys are close because it, it felt like certain things he said. Y'all was really going crazy. Like I know why he's saying that. I was there. I remember, nigga. I remember. I remember when you was crying. She was crying. Everybody's crying. And say with this, when y'all was saying your poems, like I saw the reaction from everybody else. So. 
Yeah, that was amazing, guys. So, Malcolm, sorry, my grandson, y'all already know. Y'all listen to my show, you know my grandson is usually around somewhere. But I wish he would stay either in or out. I'll be out there in a minute. Bye. Anyway, uh-uh, close the door. There I am, so let's go. Telling secrets. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, he's a little character too. But I probably have to videotape him after this, and he loves to say subscribe to my channel. He loves to say that. But um, so we're almost out of time, guys. Believe it or not, yeah, we're almost out of time. But before we go, I wanted to talk about what do you see for the future for Trifecta? Like, what, what do you want to have? What do you want to happen? I can I can speak for me personally. I um I want us to keep doing this college circuit. I like doing different schools, but I want to expand to go outside the tri-state. Have some schools in the Midwest, California. Like we're open for booking. So anybody that's you know anybody that's not around here, up, let them know. Yeah, we're open for bookings. We're taking bookings. Uh, we've done a couple schools in the past couple months, so if we can get some more bookings at these schools going. I would love that. We do uh, workshops. We have different. Motivational speaking engagements, we have something we're doing right now called the three P's, which is we go on stage and we give you a full set. That's an hour. We do individual pieces. We have group pieces we do together. So, you know, we're trying to look oh, towards that. that sounds amazing. Well. I, I need to see, love to see that. I need to see that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So that's, and then we also have more pieces in the works. So I'm just trying to keep it going, keep touring. So. Same for you all? Like, is that? He said everything. Yeah. No, like, yeah, for me, man, like, you. Same, same. It's just like for us, we see it as, you know, we have, you know, a, a gift between the three of us that, you know, really we all have a different style as well that kind of complements that. So I think more than anything, being able to, you know, go out like statewide and even, even international, like, because the thing that we've been able to like have the luxury of having is like OGs or poets that have been around for like 10 plus years. And from those experiences and from those examples, we have like a scope of what our like ceiling is. And then from that point, it's whatever we decide we like to do. But I know more than anything, like we, we just want to be out. Mm -hmm. Bear, want to add to that? Just ditto to what they said. <laughs> yeah. I want this to be uh, as much as we make it. If that makes sense. Um, Sky's the limit is what they told a fool. So we go past the skies, we go to the stars and the moon. That's right. And I'm that's on period. I'm all for that. Yes, yes, yes. That's good. I love it. I love it. I love what y'all doing. Like I said, when I, I was unable, this is the first time I heard y'all. I heard you before, yeah. Philip, because we met before. Yeah. After I looked at your face, I was like, yeah, that smile. Yeah. I know but um, I wasn't able to stay because of Malcolm. Um, um, but um, I know that when I saw you, I had to have you on my show. <laughs> I was like, I got to have you on my show. And I'm so glad that I met you two and met you again more intimately yeah. this time. Like, we, we, like you fam now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it's what we call, what I call the um, inner courts. Y'all in the inner courts now, okay? So and remember? we just took three new virginities. Yes, that's we right. We popped pop that cherry! That's right. Thanks for inviting me. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh, he tried me with that one. We bought them cherries today. <laughs> oh, yes. And yeah, you you might hear, hear or see me or see me write in a court. So we, I write that. Yeah. Know that I'm including you three in that. You know, that means that, you know, um, like minds and also prayers and blessings to you all. I'm really. I really feel moved by just being around you all, just meeting you. It means a lot to me that you came from all your different places to come here and share your beautiful poetry with us. And, um, you know, I can see y'all doing a lot of great things. People out there, these are three positive young men out here. You know, they could be anywhere else on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they wanted to talk to Ma and talk about what they love and their passion. And I'm all for it. And if you want to book them to your event, please, the information will be in the notes. So please reach out to them. Let them know you heard about them through Talk to Ma. Um, any last words, guys? I definitely do that. Yeah, what you want to say, Serena? Oh, I have to go down to get my butt. This is an amazing group. Yeah. These are three, like, positive black men, okay, <laughs> period, on a Saturday night at 7.57, okay? Oh, I'm so impressed. You know, I was, like, half asleep because of everything that I did today. And these niggas just woke me all the way up. I can go to the club now. Like, I can't believe them. I'm so excited to have, I see so many great things. All three of them are so different. Like, every poem was different yeah. and so unique and so special. I'm so excited to see more of you three and introduce you guys to the rest of the family. I see them working with Gabe and yeah. Vermillion yeah, yeah, and yeah. all these other family members. We have so many rappers and, and poets and other people in our group. Yeah. We can't, I can't wait to connect them all with everyone. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. excited. Boom, everybody. If you want. Yeah. If, if you want. If you got time, you could do a trifecta piece for that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Bonus, y'all. Say you can't judge a book by its cover. How? Well, my skin's been grafted with everlasting hatred. They trying to paint us as the faces of damage. Burnt buildings wrapped in braces stacked on top of our many open cases. Rico's kingpins and the plug. The DA's love us to take the fall for these operations. Our, our culture? Isn't some accessory to your need for validation? My ancestors did not fight for my freedom for me to be the poster child of mass incarceration or for the people who didn't bring these babies into this world to have the right to take them. Who said men have control over what women do with their bodies? Probably the same men who left those mothers and their unborn child without a father. Don't bother buying skateboards. The system will skateboard them down the prison to school pipeline. Don't have a cow when you hear about how many fathers had an outstanding career as a milkman. Because they milked them. For every ounce of being that they had left, too exhausted from the struggle of fighting off life and jail or death, that they couldn't handle the care of an innocent child with a clean slate. These situations are not to be played with. Taking dads and leaving moms so strict in that no child can be their favorite. What if I told you politics was just a synonym for women and minority hatred? 
They need to grow that boat upstream and wade in the water until they build a bridge and get over it. I'm over with talking about rights to a body that isn't yours. Can we talk about something other than this? Right. Like the government. government. What happened to my 40 acres in a mule? What about my people struggling to scratch the surface without the proper tools to adjust the altitude? What about my brother struggling on the block? What about my sister struggling on the rock? What about my mama? Her hands hurt from how hard she pressed the clock. What about my stepfather? He worked so much he bleeding through his socks, man. When will it stop? You got fathers that will hug the block in that newest Benz, but won't hug their sons. You got a mass shooting crisis and a mental health crisis. So you got cycles getting licensed to keep going and buying guns. It's like a cycle. Nothing ever gets done. Every year we're back to square one. You shouldn't be scared to get killed while you're making your daily runs. You want to see a dead body? Look at the sun shining on another sun. He's on the run, but his body is too bleeding out from the gunshot wounds. Too many gone too soon. Hashtags and praise raising our spirits to the moon, but we are already doomed. Too in contact for contact. So we desensitize to the broken contracts. Lives are on the line, and we act like it's all cap. To love one another is the only bond I need for my jail brother to come back. We are not target practice. For your enforcement of rebranded racist tactics. Try turning the volume of the people down, but then act surprised about all the stats. It's not a lot that we're asking for. Why is it that when we grasp for more, they take your last breath and hold a press conference afterwards, claiming they acted on the belief that I saw them as a threat to me, but in this redacted reality, I was trying to find the balance between bliss and insanity, and I was provoking the jumping off the edge since those demons kept everything. Merrily, merrily. That's staring me in my eyes as I float down a quivering river of blood, sweat, and tears, drowned in years of despair, accompanied by deceit. How sweet is the sound of police heat? Hot bullets sizzling the skin of your darkest friend. Left his body red like the coyote can. The haunted ends to the weekend. Listen to the streets weeping. Since when did the streets sweep a turn into a semi-automatic? Cleaning up bodies with bullet fragments and give rap for closed caskets. Stopping generation after generation of potential black graduates. Educational mavericks. Scholars of the highest order who were denied the right to live their life. By white men killing black kids as they rinse and repeat the sins of their forefathers. Only for the media to turn around and blame it all on a mental disorder. There's no order in this new world order. Where daughters that are sons are judged instead of love. Where social media likes are a drug. And walking your way to the top in white shoes qualifies you getting it out the mud. Do you believe in life after death? Do words live on forever or do they take the form of remorse? There's tombstones marking untold stories that have run their course. And they say the place where you can go to find the most wealth is the graveyard. That's why I go grave digging, searching for the knowledge of the many people before me. How do I navigate my persecution to ultimate absolution? Abolition of the many stories they placed on me. I could never succumb to complacency. I'm on a race to see what I could be outside of this. And they say the life of an artist is the hardest because we're not always acknowledged for our accomplishments. So you want us to use God's gift to help you run the market up, but then you suddenly become deaf when you request to fill our pockets up? The life of an artist is tedious. It's where freedom lives and fear does drive-bys. It's manually driving, thriving on the will to grow, inspired by what you don't know, survived by people like me that define it to be therapy. The life of an artist is pain. Seen as a game, but my remote is broken. There's no 2K because I've got no control over the motion of my career. Constantly living in fear that this could all end. We are perceived as actors and middlemen. Just because we create does not mean we make what you want. These words are not the flaw, be the catalyst to another success. These words are beautiful bullets sending shots to your Congress and anybody else who doesn't have the common sense to not try and shut us down. We will not be shoveled into the ground. Around the world, symptoms of persecution include, but are not limited to, 
oppression, harassment, unjust treatment. Reaching in the cookie jar to get your hand popped. Being popped at a traffic stop. Legal stop and frisk by cops. You never stop being watched. Paranoia. Running. Feel like you're a goner. Ringing in your ear from the gun sounds. Who will be left after they kill us all? Who will be left after now? synchronization was just like we memorized what pieces we had to say together so when we finally got in person we knew we were just going to float away yeah. then wow. we become a part of the process for real like because it's just that yeah. we just naturally when we have time and we're able to kind of crack these things out we get on the phone and we just you know write it out and you know brainstorm and then when we actually you know have what we you know compile then practicing it is something that we just only go through there so yeah. out of the four pieces we had only one of those was written person Oh, wow. <laughs> this shit is crazy. <laughs> 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 Kim, I got some people for you. <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah, my sister's a poet and an artist and all that. She, other stuff. Is is only she has so many connects in New York. Because okay, we're about to. So anyway, guys, um, we're at the end of our show. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your time, talent, and passion with us. So appreciated. So moved. I hope that um, you know, you all had a good time while you were here. Oh, um, yeah. Selena, thank you again for your busy life and just showing up. And you know, I'm so happy I ain't taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are some awesome, awesome guys. Awesome, talented, very nice men. Nice men. And um, sometimes there's not a lot of that around. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> not just men, people in general, you know. So that's why this little they in the they gotta be in the in the um, inner courts, right? Gotta be in the inner courts, absolutely. And anyway, this has been Talk to Mom with Susan Henriquez, and we thank you so much, Phil Alexander. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, thank you, thank you, thank you. What's your full name? Because I just got also. Uh, Darius. Darius, thank you. But also's okay? Yeah. Yeah, hey, also. And last but not least, the one that made it all happen, uh, Brother Ben. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And once again, I am Susan Henrique. This is Talk to Ma. If you want the information, it will be in the notes. They are, you know, they are available to come to your event. 
I highly, highly recommend them as you can hear from, you know, what you heard. It speaks for itself. What more do I have to say? So to Ma, Susan Henriga, I love you. Nobody loves you. Nobody told you. I love you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share, comment, tell your friends to listen. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. This show is, you know, your show, young people's show. Um, let other people know about it so that, you know, they can get the help and they can be heard and loved on um, like I like to do. Anyway, bye, y'all. Good night. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time, it's time to talk to my it's time to talk with listen. Time is our time. It's time to talk to my. It's time to talk to my. It's time to talk to my.